MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head on over to prizefix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. And next, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And next, we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to get bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's S-O-B-E-T slash SGPN. And finally, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that allows you to sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head on over to BETTORFANTASY.COM slash SGPN. That's BETTORFANTASY.COM slash SGPN. And finally, while you're downloading apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app. We're your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Get that app in the palm of your hand by downloading it wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Made it up to episode 98. Uh, this episode, I decided I will um, dedicate to UFC, the UFC's main um, lead play-by-play announcer, John Anik, because he had a, a classic, instant classic uh, quote last night during the main event when he said, he's not a man you want anywhere near your backside. Which I thought was an amazing quote, and so we're going to give this one to John Anik. Um, thank you for putting a smile on at least my face. Um, who would? What kind of? What face would this be? Whose name would be attached to this face? It would be Jeff Fox's face. Hello, I would be one of the hosts at this here podcast. I do have an associate co-host who beat me once again. It's like three events in a row. He's coming on strong in the year. Despite there not being enough time for him to catch up, he is coming on strong. Um, he's also, uh, what can I tell you about him? He's also a man you don't want anywhere near your backside. Um, even though he's, he's almost uh, a brown belt at this point, but he, he's still, you don't want him anywhere near your backside. His name is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. So you said not enough time to catch up. I didn't get a chance to do the math, but I'm assuming that's telling me that I, I didn't make up quite enough ground for the last event to matter. No, yeah, the, no, for sure. Money wise, you. I always like that you throw money wise in. Is gambling is about wise. something else? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Two events ago, you gained five hundred bucks. Me last night, you gained four or something. So yeah, you're only three hundred and sixty behind. So also, oh, I would just need another event like this one right here. Yeah, I just need yes. to repeat the performance. That's all. Yes. It's easy to do yeah. that when you have a good night. <laughs> And it's true. Uh, we don't want you anywhere near our backside. Is that correct? In that, I, I, uh, in the same way, I, I assume he said that about Charles Oliveira, right? I, I didn't catch that line. I was. Was well, um, there rumors about him? I, no, I, I'm pretty sure he, <laughs> it was about him. Yes, Charles Oliveira. Yeah. Um, actually, my my back take game probably some of the worst parts of my jujitsu game. Uh, my rear naked choke offense. I mean, like rear naked chokes are generally like one of the easier chokes to get in jujitsu, but. Uh, 
I would say it's probably one of the worst parts of my game. So I, I'd say I'm okay around your backside if, if that's uh, that's what you're you're looking to do. So <laughs> the other thing I will say, while we're giving announcers uh, credit for hilarious things they say, did you by chance catch the amount of times that Daniel Cormier said did their homework? <laughs> it's it's wild. Yeah. It is so funny. <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> yeah, it's weird that and, it just kept coming up. And, and it, I would it say is, this it's kind of. It, it happened most obviously in the the Pedro Munoz uh, Dominic Cruz fight. He said, "Oh, it's pretty clear yeah. that M- Munoz has done his homework in this one." It's also, first of all, it's weird that you brought my story. You, you turned my story into a jujitsu story, but anyhow, um, <laughs> uh, it's. I think I said this maybe maybe in the SGPN Slack I think, but it's excuse me it's it's very also very clear who does their homework and who doesn't do their homework. So like Dominic Cruz really doesn't even need to say he doesn't need to point out who's crappy at the job and who's not because it's very clear who knows uh, fighters um, knows how to pronounce their names better than I do and and who knows actually who's actually watched a few of their fights and it's very clear who are just there trying to be. Um, trying to be entertaining and, and don't have a clue what they're talking about. So well, like, w- you don't you don't really have to point these things out. I, I will go to that for DC for a quick second because I, I think, you know, some of some of the criticism on him is is maybe somewhat warranted. But like I, I, I see a lot of people throw DC in that same boat as is Joe Rogan, who like just obviously couldn't have less of an idea who some of these fighters are on, on a daily basis. Right. Like he he is completely shut off. He's like, I make money elsewhere and I'm a staple of this, go ahead and try to fire me, basically. It seems like he's got that attitude. I will say this about DC. While a lot of people give him crap for, like, you know, like playing the funny guy all the time and not being super technical, I, I think he's doing that intentionally a lot. I, I think he knows usually whoever he's alongside of, the Dominic Cruises of the world, are, are going to bring the dry technical shit, and that's just not him. He's, like, not a dry technical guy. I also will say, like, while he does occasionally say something that is incorrect, I will say that, like, the instances of him saying something that are just, like, undoubtedly wrong, it's pretty rare for him to say something like that. Like, he generally is saying good things. He's just generally not, like, pointing out the smallest, tiniest nuance. And I think that's just sort of his style because he knows other guys will. You Go tell that to Sean Sheehan, okay? <laughs> he, he is not a fan of DC. If you listen to the Severe MMA podcast, he's all over DC's case. But I, I, I would say I, the big thing for him, I, I'm guessing the big thing for him is the scoring criteria. Because the big thing for yeah. me, that's my yeah. only, yeah. that's my major beef with DC. Like, when, when he was, him and Rogan were both talking about how, uh, and we'll get to talking about the fight in a second, how... Ryan Hall very well could be down two rounds if he doesn't get out from underneath here while he repeatedly bashed Derek Minner's head in with elbows and threatened him with arm bars. And he's like, oh, yeah, but he's laying down, so he's down two rounds. I was like, he is undoubtedly up two rounds right now. I was uh, hoping it, they were going to be wrong. Yeah, well, like – I mean, right. I, I said this to my wife, too. I said, I'm really frustrated that the announcers are saying this wrong. I know I'm right. And I just don't know if the judges will side with me or the wrong announcers. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think that was mostly their point too. I, they were basically saying you it, guys win off their back, but judges don't always see it that way. I, I think that's more of a an old school type um, 
thought and uh, old school type judges. You don't really see that as often now. You see people winning off their back uh, as we did last night. So yeah, this I was all ready to dedicate this episode to uh, Derek Minner, but screw that guy. <laughs> screw that guy. Wait, I thought he was a better grappler than than Ryan Hall. Didn't somebody one time tell me that? His grap it was that wise. <laughs> his grappling his grappling was fine. His grappling was fine last night. It was uh, his uh, he. It was his dumb decision making. He shouldn't have been grappling to begin with. But anyhow, and, and if you if you had listened to episode, ah <laughs> oh man, now I'm forgetting the number. Whatever the last episode, ninety seven. Ninety seven. Somebody said. Episode. Somebody said he thinks he's a good grappler and is dumb enough to repeatedly yep. grapple Ryan Hall. <laughs> but he still was not the dumbest. He he didn't fight the uh, the dumbest of all the fighters last night. Someone else did very surprisingly and shockingly was the dumbest fighter last night. But we'll uh, we'll get to that in a moment, will we not? First, tick pick. Let's tell you about tick. It's T I C K pick, everyone. All right, tick pick. College football's championship weekend is behind us, and but bowl season is almost upon us. And there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favorite team play in their bowl game this winter. Because tick pick, that's T I C K P I C K, is the original no fee ticket site. And the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all your tickets for NCAA football, NFL, concerts, NBA, and more. Dan and I are going to use it to buy tickets for, we decided, uh, we're going to see the Suns and the Bulls in the NBA Finals. And we're going to go to Chicago since it's closer, we decided. We're going to buy our tickets off TickPick. Um, too bad all of, half of Chicago's team is uh, in COVID protocols now, but it'll be cleared up, I think, because COVID's over. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charged which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their college football tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% off of the difference in the purchase price. So visit TickPick today at TickPick.com slash SGP. That's T-I-C-K-Pick.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest way to play Daily Fantasy. Daily Fantasy is simplified. You pick two to five players and you and over under on the projections, you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And if you use promo code SGP, you receive 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. It's just you versus projected numbers. Price Picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, and more. Price Picks allows mixed sport entries. You can take the under, or sorry, the over on LeBron. Uh, take the under, he's old. On LeBron, combined with the over on Mahomes because he's not old in the same entry. PriceFix offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PriceFix has an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They are 4.8-star rated in the App Store with rave reviews. PriceFix entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PriceFix is safe and offers fast withdrawal. So PriceFix.com, promo code, SGP for 100% deposit match. And Dan's going to tell you what you should spend that on now. How were your picks this weekend? I can't remember now. Uh, I, I never remember Rick- who you picked. Do you remember? Randy Costa's uh, hit. I remember that one because I said under seven and a half minutes of ring time for him. Okay, Uh, yeah, good. And and (laughs) he he got knocked out, I think, six seconds before that happened. Perfect. Um, I said the under on Tai Tui Vasa punches, um, but I think he probably went over on that. Yeah, he Um, fought smarter than normal, yep. He fought smarter than normal and, like, the, the finishing... (laughs) <laughs> yes, I think that was over probably, right there. Probably hit the over. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, not 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 terribly great. I can't remember the third one. Um, but, yeah, whatever. But for Monday, uh, since uh, you guys are hearing this on Sunday, on Monday I'm going to give you the over on Matt Stafford passing yards. That's 270 and a half for Monday Night Football. I'll give you the over on Kyler Murray rushing yards, which is only 23. I think he's going to get that 
pretty easily. Um, and then I'm also going to give you the over on Zach Ertz receptions on four. So triple overs there, and I'm feeling good about all of them. Do I do I do I know what teams all those guys play in? Um, Arizona, right? Arizona is one of them. And, and then Matt I, Stafford is still Detroit in my mind, but I'm sure he's not. And Zach Ertz is still Philadelphia in my mind, but. Yeah, so Zach Ertz is, is with Kyler Phillips in Arizona. Okay. Uh, that, that's a recent trade, though. That was a midseason trade, so no reason you shouldn't know that, uh, or should know that, rather. And uh, Stafford was traded at the beginning of the season to the Rams, uh, who will be playing the uh, Cardinals on a very exciting Monday Night Football game. I only know CFL. No, I don't I don't know that either, but <laughs> the, the Grey Cup, Cup just starts. happened? Yes, it starts <laughs> in about 50 minutes from now. And my father-in-law's favorite team is playing the Hamilton Ticats, so I guess... I, who, I can't they, watch this. Who are they playing? Who are, who are they playing? Uh, probably like a blue bomber. Or a, uh, they're all bombers up here. Blue bombers <laughs> or something bombers. I, I should check. It's not called the football team. I know that What's much. A, what is an Argonaut? Uh, it is. Argonaut is something like, is it biblical? It's like Jason. It, it, it's, some, it's a real thing. I just can't think off the top of my head. Winnipeg, of course, the most Canadian of all towns. Winnipeg blue bombers and the Hamilton Ticats in Hamilton, so. That's if you want to bet on that. Uh, what's the number? There's no number listed here. Weird. I'm sure people are betting on it that are listening. So this isn't if a CFL out, podcast. If, if you check out the the Slack channel, I guarantee yep. there are DJs betting on it. Exactly. Slack channel was jumping last night. Uh, that was the most the busiest I've seen the fight uh, channel on there for sure. There's people were having a good time last night. It sounds like a lot of people ma- made money. People thanked us for making money. I'm thinking, well, you. Didn't really follow my. You didn't follow my picks, at least. If you if you made money, that's for sure. Um, even Gumby made an appearance in there. He talked about going to see some forty one uh, concert. So yeah, <laughs> good times, right? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I completely forgot I had done that until you said it, and I was like, oh yeah, I did talk about going to see a some forty one concert for a little while, right next to uh, where Canadians. one of the fe- where one of the fellow DJ uh, lives. So yeah, I, I never saw them in concert which i'm fine with but they, i saw a concert with them they were like two, all of them they were two rows ahead of us when we saw oasis the one time in toronto so they all had their matching tattoos in the back of their arms that's how we knew who they were so there you go and and they were at some bar my brother's band was playing at um the same night i think too so there you go there's my stories for you some 41 <laughs> stories not a fan though but I'm older than you, so I would explain that. So Yeah, yeah, I probably would explain it. <laughs> this isn't a Sum 41 podcast or a CFL podcast, so this is a MMA podcast, I guess. Um, all right, so we're going to break down last night's historic, uh, I think we can say it was historic, UFC 269. And then for the real hard cartridge gens, we have some KSW picks for you. They have an event. The Polish promotion has an event coming up um, next weekend, so we've got some picks for First, we will head to Paradise, Nevada, T-Mobile Arena. Eight million gate, which was, I believe they say it set a record, a non-Conor McGregor record. Um, they had 18,471 people packed in there. Uh, Tai Tuivasa drank out of most of their shoes on the way back. Um, <laughs> and I, I think security stopped him or he would have drank even more, it looked like. Uh, so, um, Main event, an underdog won, but he retained his title. So it was one of those strange situations where underdog uh, was the champion heading into the fight. Charles Oliveira uh, submitted Dustin Poirier, rear naked choke, basically started at uh, standing and, and finished him off. We finished him off on the mat, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yes. Uh, yes. No! He, 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 never standing actually, when he, tapped? he never actually made it to the mat before he tapped. Okay. He was, like, hunched over, I think. I think maybe his hand touched the mat once or twice on the way in. But, like, yeah, no, he uh, he just... 
he tapped standing up, which is pretty early, wild. Yeah, early round three, minute two in. Um, look like I was going to be right with my Poye pick because Poye was putting the power on him. It was very clear that um, he was a much uh, more powerful striker than Oliveira, but you got to give uh, Dobronx uh, credit. He, he he took the best that Poye could offer, and he was uh, just incredible grappling as, as expected. Um, I think the key to all that is that he's seems to be much more durable now and his striking has improved so much that he's not just a one trick pony anymore but um all do all due respect to Oliveira plus 130 he's uh, I think he's beaten the best lightweight in the world now so uh, he is the rightful champion now in my eyes I'm sure he's relieved by that yeah well I think he while you like joke about that and like you I'm sure he doesn't get I think he did go in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder that people didn't think he was the best in the world, right? Because the only reason that fight with, with Michael Chandler happened for him was because Dustin Poirier didn't want it. Um, yeah. And like that, that regardless of whether or not you've got the gold around your waist to prove it or whatever, that I feel like that's got to be on the back of your mind, no matter what, that, that like the guy who everybody wanted in that fight didn't, wasn't in that fight and, and whether or not he would have taken your spot or your opponent's spot sort of is immaterial, right? Because like, that's who everybody thought was the best in the world. And really now Charles Oliveira has shown he is the best in the world. Yeah, no, it's unquestionable after, after that performance last night, um, feel bad for a but Hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. He's, this is kind of his thing though now, isn't it? He, he doesn't win in the, in the huge spot. Yeah, it, I mean, like, it is and it isn't. Like, it, it's always hard like to say that. Only or but, like, like that. yeah, it, it hasn't happened a lot. And in addition to that, like, whenever somebody says that, like, somebody chokes in that position, for me, it's always also, like, did did he choke or did he just hit the limit of what he can be, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah, maybe it's unfortunate that it's this level. But also I would say, stylistically, you you have two guys who have beaten him with roughly the same thing, right? Like, Two guys yeah. beat him with rear naked chokes. Two guys beat him with superb grappling and amazing positioning. And, and granted, slightly differently, right? Because Habib is like a crushing wrestler, and and Charles Oliveira is just like insane in the way he takes people's backs. It is so fast. Um, so like you know, different in that, those respects. But I mean, like look back at the people he's beaten recently: Conor McGregor, Dan Hooker, Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje. Anthony Pettis, Jim Miller. Like, Jim Miller is the last one who you would call, like, a, a capital G grappler, right? And that was a majority decision. That, that One judge actually saw that as a draw. So, you know, not for anything, but, like, you know, maybe that's part of what's held him back is just that, like, he has a tougher time with people who are, you know, very clearly grappling first. Yeah, he's... He's a good grappler, but I guess he's more of an offensive grappler. He's he's, he's obviously his defensive grappling needs some work because as you uh, just laid out there, it's uh, grapplers seem to be his kryptonite. So, um, what's next for him? Just more fun money fights, or or um, are we gonna be serious and have him fight serious contenders still? I, I mean, like the way he made it sound in his post fight interview, I, I really wouldn't be shocked if we never see him again. Uh, yeah. he, he said he could put together another three or four or five fight winning streak and fight for a belt again. And he's not sure he has it in him to do that. And, you know, I, I, first of all, I respect that. I respect, you know, recognizing that like this may have been my last chance and I don't know if I have an extended run in me again. He's got 
you got to remember too, this is a guy with a, with businesses outside of here that are doing well. He's got sponsorships that he's clearly taking care of him in like, I think he's doing well monetarily. I don't think he has to keep fighting at this point. Um, I think that drive is still there, but I don't think he has to. So if the drive to do a, you know, two year run to get yourself back into title contention, isn't there, man, I could see him stepping away. I do think there is a chance he just does, uh, he, he just does that big smash grab and gives me one more Conor McGregor fight and goes and gets it. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if he walked away. Yep. Uh, but no one ever walks away, Dan, so not going to happen. But, uh, and Charles Oliveira, um, sounds like Gaethje is very much uh, the next man for him. Um, what do you think the odds are? I got some odds sent to me. Opening odds. For Gaethje Oliveira? Yeah. I'm going to say oh, Oliveira. Yeah, yeah. I'll say Oliveira negative 210. Yeah, straight, open at minus 205 is, went down to minus 190 when I got odds sent to me. So, yeah, plus 165 coming back on Justin Gaethje. Like, yeah, I don't know if. Mm, sorry. I, I, I like those odds because I would say this. I, I I saw Justin Gaethje fight Habib, and yeah. I know the trouble he had both with the takedown and his jujitsu looked really bad off of his back. Like yeah. he did, he looked like he didn't know how to hold the half guard. Um, so like I think him on the like that would only have to be on the ground for four seconds, and Oliveira would have a submission. But um, he also so like yeah. I, I, he throws big bombs. You're right. He, yeah, he sorry, throws I'm stepping big, over you. Yes. No, no, he throws big bombs. I 100% agree with that. But also, Oliveira is not easy to knock out, as we learned last no, night. No, apparently not. Apparently not. Yeah, I was going to say he uh, he, he hits a lot harder than, than Poirier, I would say. Um, and so if it, uh, he was having trouble with, with Poirier's power. You don't want to get cracked by Gaethje too many times, but it's strange how much has changed with Oliveira. He, he was the guy who would quit in fights when the going got tough. and and he was a guy who would never make weight for fights, and now look at him. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a changed man. Yeah. The, the quitting fights, I mean, I guess he did quit in a couple of them. One of them, didn't he have something torn in his throat? Am, am I thinking of yeah, the right yeah. guy? So, yeah, yeah. He, he, he had like, uh, yeah. tore his throat open or some some nasty thing like that, uh, some muscle in his throat. But, yeah, like, he, he clearly has changed a lot about what he does in preparation. Clearly, he's got a lot of faith in the people behind him and his team. And – I would say this, he's added like solid work to the body along with, you know, some decent boxing to back up his already good strengths. Um, yeah. and he's, he's learned how to put them together. So, you know, before it was kind of like jujitsu or bust and now it's use the jujitsu to open up the boxing, use the boxing to open up the jujitsu. And he's the champ for a reason. He's damn good at it. Yep. So I, I guess I got this pick wrong because I, uh, underestimated Oliveira a bet and maybe overestimated uh, Poirier's grappling, which obviously was not um, not on point, at least not enough last night. All right, don't really – we can just breeze through the co-main event. Um, went pretty much the way we, we said. Uh, Man of <laughs> Noons, minus 900. It's barely worth betting on, but, but we have to pick every fight. So well, we picked Noons, and, of course, she won, and she's off to fight Kayla Harrison next. It is pretty crazy to me. No, so – so, like, obviously the result in itself is crazy, right? Like, nobody saw Juliana Pena winning. Even those people who saw... I told you she had a path to victory. She was going to knock her out, I said. Instead, she <laughs> she uh, blitzed her on the feet and uh, ended up finishing with the submission. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so for, for anybody who was talking about her winning, uh, you know, like, I, I first of all would just question if you're also people who took, like, 
Megan Anderson to beat Amanda Nunes or, you know, if you're those people and now you're hitting the Juliana Pena one, I don't really want to hear it. If this is your first, like, massive underdog pick that you've ever thrown out there and you're just saying, like, you know, I I really think she's got a path to victory. If you're just saying she had a chance, okay, you you got that one. You said she had a chance. Awesome for you. Um, But, yeah, I would say – to, to get to the actual fight now that I've done shit talking anybody who actually picked Juliana Pena, um, it, it was quitting, right? Like, Amanda Nunes quit in that yes. fight. Like, yeah, hooks, I don't mean hooks to be weren't in. Yep. Choke wasn't even really in. It was, um, I guess we're burying the lead. Uh, Juliana Pena won. Submission, rear naked choke, round two, 326 into it. After um, suckering Nunes into, like, right from the get-go, Nunes was, had, had a smirk on her face and obviously was uh, overlooking Pena and was obviously uh, gamblers will know she was, uh, she was on tilt. Um, She was not fighting smart and she was throwing sloppy haymakers and got into a scrap. Um, And obviously she let Pena get into her head and got um, blitzed on the feet. And then she like totally gave up because as the expression goes, fatigue makes cowards of of us all. Not to say Man Nunez is is a coward, but, she very clearly quit after getting beat up in the feet and getting totally gassed out. Only what eight minutes into the fight? Yeah, it, it was crazy to me. Um, especially it's crazy like, to you, everyone. You you could see it happening too. That's yes, the thing. Yes. Um, you you could see it happening. Uh, by chance, have you seen odds? Because I can't seem to find them anywhere. Have you seen odds on a rematch? I have. I was going to ask you that. What do you think the odds I on ha- a rematch? I have to imagine Amanda Nunes is a massive favorite. Am I wrong? You. It opened minus two fifty for Nunes, and now it went up to minus three thirty. Yeah, and I would if you're interested in betting on something that is not even booked, like that. That's sort of not not my gig, right? Like I I don't like yep. to just leave money in the boogie's hands until that that one actually gets you know put together, and then you see the bet, and then something might happen in the lead up. But if you're one of those people, get that line before it goes up because I bet you it's negative six or seven hundred by the time it happens. Because like you know, and and to take nothing away from Juliana Pena, she put on a, a, an expert performance. She looked as good as she's ever looked. If you imagine that fight happening again and Amanda Nunes coming in with the right headspace, Amanda Nunes is going to flatten her the next time, right? No part of that fight made me lose faith in what Amanda Nunes is from the physical side. It just gave me a slight bit of hesitation on the mental side. Yep. I see her at minus 1200 somewhere. I'm not sure if they still have the old old fight. I don't know if this is still listed as um, if their best fight odds is still bringing in odds from a site uh, for last night or what. But, um, yeah, uh, Julian Payne is not even good, Dan. That's the thing. She She's okay. She She's an average fighter, I would say, at best. And now she's the champion. I think she's – I legitimately think if I, like, pulled up the UFC's – let me hang on. Let me, let me pull up the UFC's you do. rankings right now. And I will tell you the people who I think I would not only – I would not only say could beat her, but I would favor to beat her in a fight. Um, so well, first of all, already have beat her too. That's the thing. So, so first of all, that. Amanda Amanda Nunez, a thousand percent, I would pick Amanda Nunez. Holly Holm, uh, Irene Aldana, I would pick. I think I would pick Aspen Lab to beat her, and I would pick Ketlin Vieta um, and yeah. Jamaica Rander, I mean, who's technically not in the rankings. Yep. We're talking about – I don't think she's a top five fan. I don't think she's a top five band weight. But turns out in MMA, every dog has its day. Uh, yep. And uh, last last night was Juliana Pena's day. 
And they're, they're saying that, well, there's rumors that Nunez wasn't even training for this and all this stuff. So I think it was uh, the perfect storm. Um, Pena did exactly what she had to do to win the fight. So don't, she had a good performance. I'm saying that she's not even that good doesn't, isn't me saying she wasn't good last night or didn't deserve to win because she very clearly did. But yeah, she deserved you know, to win. Yeah, obviously, the, the champ was not there, and she even said it herself. And uh, Pena obviously put it on her. It was no fluke, but whether it could replicate itself and like I like I've been stung with in the past, lightning striking twice. Uh, who's to say? But Juliana Pena is the champ for now. She got herself a fifty grand bonus for that. Everyone got bonuses last night though. They she, they were handing them out like. Oprah, Oprah hands out gifts on her show, right, Dan? I know sure. you're a big fan. I, but. I, I think so, but I, I'm yeah. not positive. I think they gave one to everybody who had a finish except for um, Tony, Tony Kelly, Kelly and Jillian Robertson, yeah. <laughs> which is, well, seems me. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah the, the ones, the two, well, I guess Robinson's making okay money, but T- Kelly is not. So Oliveira got the 50 Gs and Pena got the 50 Gs. Um, trying to think, is there anything else I wanted to yeah, mention yeah, about you, this you, fight? You, there was you, wanted, you wanted to ask whether or not I heard Juliana Pena's post-fight comments about being oh, about the, the first, mother stuff, the first yeah. real non-champ. Yeah, uh, see, like, come no, on. She, she's already yeah. in her head for no. She is work. Is she's working on the next fight already? She it, knows it, to me, no, no. To me, it's just one of those things where when a new champ becomes a champ, they want something to be like their thing, their legacy. Yeah. Their their she's the first ever. And there was already a mom champ, so then she had to basically tell Amanda Nunes she wasn't a real mom. Which, by the way, that's not what you want to do in the first ten minutes of your title reign, is, like, discredit somebody's family life. (laughs) I'll I'll just pretend that she's working on the rematch already and she wants to. uh, Because, obviously, all her her talking worked leading into this fight. Because Nunes clearly did not fight the way that she normally would fight so yeah it was nice real uh nice classy thing you want to hear from the champ but uh, that's what the ufc is all about dan all about class um they had a guy dwi and weapons charge guy fight in the next fight uh, jeff neal um looked okay i guess against santiago ponzinibbio split decision win it was this was a wacky card we had one judge giving the fight to our pick ponzinibbio 29 28, and then we had one judge give Neil 30 27, and then the judge give Neil 29 28. So uh, I think Jeff Neil clearly won the fight, and we clearly lost the fight. So this was one we were having trouble picking to begin with because we had no idea what other guy would look like heading into the fight. So why did we whiff on this one, Dan? Uh, I mean, I, I think it looked exactly like we thought it would. Neil just looked slightly better than Pontanibio, and I, I expected it in the other direction. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't. I mean, like, I don't think we got a bad read on this one. I will say, I think the judge who gave it upon Zanibio was more wrong even than the guy who gave all three to Jeff Neal. I think it was right. closer to being all three rounds for Jeff Neal than it was to being two rounds for Ponzinibbio. Um yeah. I think very clearly the first and the third belong to Jeff Neal. I yeah. gave the second to Ponzinibbio, but, like, I could see you giving it to Neal. I can't see you giving the, either the first or the third to Ponzinibbio. That's just crazy. So, no. um, good fight, fun fight. Not too, too much to say about it. But, uh, no. I mean, like, Jeff Neal uh, shed that losing streak, so good for him. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it's saying much about the uh... – about the night of fights we had that this this was a very good fight and you know we can just breeze right over because there was far more consequential happenings on the car there's only five this is one of only five decisions that we had uh more consequential was was the fight that went on before that flyweights kai kara france not uh, tk out it wasn't clear 
he knocked him out a bunch of times, but um, <laughs> Cody Garbrandt. You only get a TKO when you knock him out more than once. <laughs> exactly. So Kaikara France got a performance of the night. We said that this this was ripe for an underdog, and we got plus 120 on this. Um, Garbrandt is very firmly on my uh, fade list going forward if he continues to fight because he's very clear. He does not have it anymore. He's not changed his style whatsoever. Um, was he egging him on as he was knocked out, I thought? Yeah, when the, yeah, after sorry, the first time he dropped it, yes. there's this great picture of him standing in front of him with, like, his arms out, like, come get this, um, so or check did. out what I just did, or whatever. Yeah, and, like, Tiger of France, man. I mean, like, I hear a little bit of what you're saying about Cody Garbrandt being, like, somebody to fade in the future, because clearly his chin's not there, and he does throw recklessly. Yep. But I do think he's technically good enough to be a lot of Bantamweights, um, it would be a bad matchup for a lot of bantamweights. Like we're going to talk about Sean O'Malley in a second. I, I think him and Sean O'Malley would make a great matchup, and I'm not sure that I wouldn't pick Cody Garbrandt in that fight either, because um, Cody Garbrandt's got a little wrestling in the back and and other things too. And but you're right, he he does fight a fight that's dangerous, and Ty France is not somebody you want to fight like that because he is so fucking fast. Um, there's a reason his his nickname is No Blank. Um, and it, he, I mean, he showed it. He looks so good. I'm, I'm happy for Kai Kara France because he's a guy who yeah. I liked coming off of the Ultimate Fighter. Um, didn't immediately get a chance. Had to work his way back for one. Um, and man, he looks like he found his footing in, in flyweight right now. And it took him like three or four um, knockdowns to win the fight because World MMA ref <laughs> of the ref of the year winner Herb Dean was ref in that fight. Did you see that he won a referee of the year at the World MMA Awards, Dan? I will, and I will say that is maybe the second most wow. egregious of the awards. Um, did you see the one that went to? So it's an award. I can't. It's like the Modelo Fighting Spirit Award or some bullshit like that. And it's yeah. supposed to be given to somebody who does something that's like in the spirit of MMA. So like past winners, I think have included like Dustin Poirier giving some of his purse to to a charity or like this thing or that thing or like you know like there's all kinds of like happy reasons why people do things outside. Maybe they gave it a Cody Garber and when he brought that kid with cancer into the cage and like the fighting spirit, right? They gave it a Habib for changing from a from an arm bar to a triangle so that it that Justin Gaethje's family was not distraught at the sight of his arm breaking. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which by nice the way, he changed from an arm bar to a triangle because it was a submission that would work better to win a title. It also was, it was uh, such a fucking wild reason to give somebody an award. Okay, um, not to uh, disparage ring car girls, but how how do they decide who wins ring car girl of the year? <laughs> I don't, I don't they know. They do the same job, it, and they wear the same outfits, and they wave the same, and everything's the same. So how I, do you pick I, a winner? I, I'm, I'm not in the exact same camp as uh, Habib saying that they have, like, no purpose. There's obviously, like – a reason why ring card girls are there. They're they're promotionally good for organizations. If they weren't, they wouldn't pay them. Um, you know, like the UFC is really good at making sure they don't pay anybody who they don't think is going to make them money. So clearly there's a reason why. Plus, like in the history of like boxing and in MMA, whether it's outdated history or not, like they've kind of just always been there, correct? So like yes. I, I'm not in the same camp as Habib as in they have like no, no purpose. But, like, if they weren't there, I wouldn't care. Um, and ultimately, yeah, the Ring Card Girl of the Year award is, like, one of the wildest uh, things to have to vote on. 
Yeah, I'm not necessarily uh, critiquing the the actual job. I'm just saying, how do you decide who who is the yeah. winner of it? That's all. So, anyhow, uh, moving on. Um, this man, I, I disagree with what you're saying. I think Sean O'Malley would definitely knock out Cody Garbrandt because Cody Garbrandt would want to show how tough he is. Uh, and Sean O'Malley's striking is next level, as he showed last night against Holly and Paiva. Uh, 442 in the first round, TK out him with, with punches. Uh, hit this one, minus 325. Dan, how, how could you miss on such an easy pick? Um, I, I thought Paiva was going to be able to take more punches from him and turn it into a grappling match. Um, he didn't. Uh, you know, Sean O'Malley continues, you know, I've picked against him more than once, uh, including the Marlon Vera fight, to be fair. But um, I, I think he's he's shown that he's the real deal. It's uh, too bad we can't see him in there with Cody Garbrandt or somebody of that likes. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe sooner rather than later. Yeah, it was uh, all the Dana White's um, Dana White's comments saying he's not ready for top guys and you can't just put him in there with a killer. Is that his way of of egging? Uh, O'Malley on because O'Malley very clearly says that he's not going to fight top ranked guys at, at the amount of money he's being paid. So I, I'm anytime Dana says up and I just assume it's him negotiating in public, which he likes to do. So uh, I think him saying that is is kind of trying to challenge O'Malley to to make him fight uh, higher rank fighters. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, and I don't think yeah. it's going to work with O'Malley because O'Malley <laughs> no. is the type of person who realizes his marketability and his ability to pulling money off of like whatever outside endeavor he wants is tied strictly to this like sense of invincibility that he pretends to have even after one loss. Uh, but if he were to go out there and like just absolutely get demolished or like manhandled by Dominic Cruz or something like that, that goes away. Um, at least a, a good portion of that goes away. So um, I don't think it's going to work to egg O'Malley in there, but uh, he, he certainly um, is trying to. That's I, I believe 100% that is what he's trying to do. And did you take any um, pointers or, or notes off his face tattoos, Dan, since you're going to be getting one in a couple weeks? after? You I mean, I only have – what do I have to make up? 300 bucks? And I've made uh, up at least that much three three events in a row? So we're just saying money? Uh, whoever I mean, ends up I mean down the, in a gambling, <laughs> on a gambling podcast? Yeah, money, about money? Seems, money seems to be the important part here. Well, if you like money, then – the main car was not nice for us. Uh, we both only got two picks right. Uh, you got two underdogs, though. So you, you made your your wins count. Um, I got one underdog and then uh, the O'Malley, which was very clearly not an underdog. So main card, we begin to that. Let me tell you about WinBet. If you like money, which Dan says that you all should like money if you're listening to this, then WinBet's the place for you. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, WinBet has some bonuses that you can get in on now. New users can bet a dollar and win $100 in any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. For example, you bet 100, you'll get 200 dollars free bet. Max wager match is 750 bucks, so they will match it 1500 bucks. Uh, great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. 
Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com. Dan's, I'm putting Dan on the spot. He's going to tell you what to use your bonus money on. He's probably going to tell you bet on the Bulls or something. No, because the Bulls aren't playing Monday. uh, And and everybody's sick or in protocol. Yeah, and every, everybody's sicker in protocol, which certainly doesn't help. No, I'll uh, I'll say I'll say take the Suns. Uh, All right, yeah, we'll, we'll take Jeff's Phoenix Suns uh, over the Clippers in the late night game on Monday. Um, looks like the the Phoenix. It's probably going to be pretty damn close to a pickup. I'm not seeing the line necessarily yet. Um, but it's going to probably be close to a pickup because obviously Phoenix should be a slight favorite. Um, but it's in. LA, uh, which always skews the line a little bit. So it, even if they're in minus two or minus three, maybe even as high as minus four and a half, I, I'd still take Phoenix there. We got Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, probably questionable, and Paul George, probably questionable on the other side. So yeah, that may be why there's no lines out. Yet. Well, yeah, and, and, and the Clippers with, with Paul George being uh, out his last game, almost lost to the Magic. They were like, so close to losing yep. to the Magic, and the Magic without Jalen Suggs too. So that's a that's a pretty brutal Magic team. <laughs> Listen to this guy. No, and he, Dan knows about basketball. He he writes about basketball for SportsGamblingPodcast dot com. Now everyone check it uh, check it out. You some of your picks last week came through. Your DFS article actually, I think most of your picks did good last week. And and it cash, yeah, it was, and it, it cash was, for uh, you, nice. Yeah, it did. It was it was uh, you you made. Anywhere between one and a half and two times your money, depending on the contest you were in. So uh, you can you can thank me for that if you'd like. There you go. Thank him for that. But um, that's DFS. We're talking about win bet. So, yeah, take the Suns bet over at win bet. And if you like props, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, then you are missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and prop swap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using prop swap. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit prop swap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling prop swap on the prop swap app. Prop swap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right. Like I'm thinking we can just rip through the prelims, but no, there's a lot of, Interesting things to talk about uh, last night. It was quite a, like I said, a stark night. Um, featherweight main event. I whiffed. Dan got it right. Josh Emmett came through. Um, actually, he kind of played the way I said it was going to play out, but but Emmett uh, hung in there and won the fight. 29-28, 29-28, 30 Clearly uh, one of the most powerful strikers in any weight class. Um, knocked down Ige immediately. Um but he didn't totally gas out like I, I was thinking he would. Ige did put the pressure on him. Um, he's incredibly tough. And like I said, it, it did play out the way I expected to play out, but Ige did not uh, do enough, or, or Emmett did, did enough himself to, uh, to earn himself a decision in this fight. So I bow to Dan uh, Reeland. He got this one right. Yeah, I think this one comes down to Emmett landing that big blow in the beginning, A, yep. and B, kind of like I said on, on Wednesday show, like, Ige's not going to beat very many people he can't out-wrestle because he's yeah. not going to, like, outbox any of the elite featherweights. He might outbox some, like, lower-level feather, featherweights, but, like, ultimately, he's going to have to use his wrestling to beat some of those guys. So when he can't wrestle somebody like Josh Emmett, you lose. Yeah, he tried, um, but, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, Emmett uh, can wrestle, though. <laughs> yeah, Emmett can, uh, Emmett can, can wrestle. And what are we going to do with Josh Emmett now? Like, he's... Like, it's about time he gets, like, title contender uh, status, or at least, like, number one contender type fight. He is 
in the featherweight rankings I run on my MMA site, MMA-Manifesto.com, he's a solid third place behind Volkanovski and Holloway. He was third coming in. He's even more He's even more in third place. <laughs> he's even more solidly in, th- in third place, closer to Holloway than he was before after that performance. He's won, what, four straight fights and, what, six out of seven. So, like, um, now that he's hopefully healthy, it's I, I think it's time to accelerate it and uh, and get him um, see if he's actually an actual title contender or not. Yeah, I, I thought I really would like to see him fight Calvin Cater. It's too bad he's already booked with Giga Chikadze. Um right. and, and personally, I think, if, you know, I would say Giga too, but like if Giga beats Calvin Cater, I think he's probably on a short list for a title yep. shot uh, after Max Holloway. So, you know, a name that's poking right around that same part of the division right now is Arnold Allen. I think that would kind of be a fun fight for Josh Emmett. I, I think mostly for him, with all the time missed, he just has to stay busy. Um, yep. and, and make sure he, he's still getting fights in. Uh, he's not young either. I think people forget how no. old he is. He's like 36. So, um, yeah, like he, he, he needs to stay busy. He needs to rattle off a couple of wins against real top guys. And, uh, you know, if he had come out here and finish it, we might have him on a short list of contenders. But, you know, he put in a good performance against Dan Ige, and that's really all you need to know. And it was the... Like I said, a rare decision last night. Oh, Sean O'Malley got a bonus, too. I forgot to mention that earlier. Everyone got bonuses. Emmett did not. Um, we got another decision right before that. I got this one right, though. Dan got it wrong. Dominic Cruz edged out Pedro Munoz. Munoz is extremely tough. Um, he had Cruz very close to to being stopped in the first round after dropping him, but Cruz ended up being Dominic Cruz the rest of the way and won 29-28, 29-28, 29-28. Dan, how could you ever get this one wrong? You know, I I said that Munoz would be quick enough to catch him, uh, and he was, yes. uh, which is crazy. Yep. And then it just wasn't enough, or he lost gas, or Cruz found confused. his, yeah, or Cruz found his angles, or yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what it was. It was Cruz found another level in that second part, or Munoz lost a level. But I mean, like if if Munoz hung in there like he did in the first round and and stood toe to toe with him and and was able to hit him you know I think that's a different fight but ultimately uh it wasn't um props to Dominic Cruz uh I'm not sure how high up his ceiling is still in the Bantamweight division but um that's a that's a pretty good feather in your cap at this point yep yeah hopefully he just keeps fighting and then we'll see um where he where his his ceiling is so um and I was joking about Dan with you know that one that was basically a pick em fight heading in so um no shame getting that one wrong we did get the, this. The next fight was a pick'em for some reason, which very clearly we we uh, were right on with Ty Tuivasa at minus one twelve. It was Dan's lock pick, which he nailed. He got eighty nine twenty nine, digging his trying to dig himself out of his um, his locks hole, which I don't think he will by the end of the year. Nineteen fifteen now down four hundred bucks in his locks, but he nailed this one. Um, Tuivasa looked fantastic against Augusto Sakai. Got the knockout. 26 seconds into the second round and got himself an extra 50 grand and probably got himself some, some stomach bugs at the very least after all the <laughs> shoeys he drank. I said this on Twitter too. I, I would say, you know, everybody talks about the shoey afterwards. The shoey is his second most fun celebration. That weird little shimmy he does after he yes. knocks somebody out is infinitely more interesting to me than the, than the, the shoey because like, it's funny. It's unique. It's, he's the only one who does that. And now like, the entire audience is doing a shoey, so uh, that's less fun to me. But yeah, Ty Trivasa, what a run he he's on right now. I hope I hope they give him a serious challenge now. Like he should be yeah. fighting 
if not a top 10 ranked guy, a top 15 ranked guy, right? Like he, man, I, I would put him in there right now. I mean, Augusto Sakai was ranked 11th. Yeah. Uh, I'd put him in there with Marcin Tybura. I'd put him in there with Yair Rosenstroik. Like I, I think him and Rosenstroik would be an excellent fight. He's extremely uh, popular. I, I say he's getting right into that headlining a fight night card realm. Oh, well, he's, he's, a, he's a heavyweight. He also headlined one already. Do you remember that? Did he for real? He, he headlined against Junior Dos Santos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. During that, like, brutal losing streak he had. Yeah, um, they got him cut, kind of. Kind of? Yeah, like, we, nobody really knows. But, yes, kind yeah. of got him cut. But, yeah, he headlined against uh, Junior Dos Santos, uh, that, which kicked off that losing streak. Um, it was after he had beaten Arlovsky, which I think right. uh, people had forgotten he had beaten Arlovsky, too. But now, four straight wins. Stefan Struve, Harry Hunsucker, Greg Hardy, and Augusto Sakai. Man, he is... He's a lot of fun to watch, for real. Yeah. Any chance Dan gets to say Harry Hunsucker, he will he will take. He, 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 he <laughs> found an a, opportunity once again. Doesn't he have a he has a fight coming up in January? He does, I think, I think, Harry yeah. Hunsucker. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Just just for getting to talk about him. Uh, uh, and then the prelims open up. We got this one right as well. Bruno Blendado Silva knocked uh, TK out actually. Dan's favorite fighter. Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hills Ninja, uh, minute 28 into the first round. Because as we pr- predicted, uh, Wright decided he was going to get in a striking battle with Silva, and it did not go well. And well, Silva I, got a bonus. I, I didn't even say that it was necessarily wrong for him to get in a striking battle, because he doesn't really have much of another choice. He he doesn't grapple yeah. well. Um, so my, my problem was just his defense is such shit. Uh, that he was going to get himself knocked out, and his defense proved to be really terrible, and he got himself knocked out. So, yeah, uh, that that was maybe one of the easier picks on the whole card because, um, man, Jordan Wright, just a, a whole resume of cans. <laughs> yes, and no, there's no cans in the UFC other than Jordan Wright, possibly. Um, so Silva's looking good, uh, looking good. That's, what, 3-0, and all, right, in the yeah. UFC at this point? Yeah. Time to – he's not super young either, right? So it's time, you can kind of crank it up on him too at this point, can we not? Yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm I'm like – I'm not sure I'm like sold on him as like a contender. Um, no, or Or yet. do I really think he needs like a ranked opponent yet? But like if, if you wanted to book him with somebody like Brendan and Allen, I'd be fine with that. Um, okay, like I'd be, I'd be as cool long as you're fine with Brendan it. Now. Yeah, yeah. You can call the UFC and tell them that I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, those prelims went uh, a lot better for us. I w- hit, what, three or four. Dan hit, hit three or four also. Yeah, three or four, just a different three or four. So, yes, that was more like it for us. All right, we'll finish off the early prelims in a sec. But first, Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is the new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand-new company looking to grow the early adopter community with a slick app, and that's very fun to use. And plus, one of the reasons we do love using it is they offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that doesn't ha, hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. Plus, they added a cool bonus. If you get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give the league a $150 gift card to get a sick-ass trophy from trophysmack.com. It's totally free to play. Download today on the iPhone or Android. Check them out, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com slash SGPN plus Sobat. We're brought to you by Sobat. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches, tossing bets around in a speakeasy. 
SoBad is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBad is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBad.io, create an account, and see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io, S-G-P-N. That's S-O-B-E-T dot I-O slash S-G-P-N today to join the revolution. Main story, prelims. Andre Munez submitted... Very quickly submitted uh, Eric Anders, 313 in. As we predicted, not much to say. Nunez is a very good grappler. Yep. Uh, and if he submitted Jacare, he was going to submit Eric Anders. <laughs> exactly. I would say I like Nunez's chances with his grappling more than the person we're going to talk about in a couple of fights coming up, Dan. Because uh, he has I... other, other aspects to his game as well. Yes, I, I like Andre Muniz uh, very much at middleweight. I think he beats a lot of top middleweights. Um, um, I've had him in my top 15 rankings pretty much nonstop uh, since he beat Jacare, whereas he's dropped out of the rankings, I think, because of wins from other people and you know yeah. jostling of the numbers and stuff like that. But I've had him consistently in that. I think he's a, a top 15 middleweight. Clearly, I think there's a lot of dudes he beats in there. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield. Um, this was the grappling heavy portion of the of the event. We had three straight uh, blue chip grapplers fighting. Uh, Blanchfield is the real deal, as as Dan was telling everyone. Three rounds to none over Miranda Maverick, just totally all grappled her. Um, Dan got it plus one twelve. I underestimated Blanchfield. I thought Maverick was going to be able to uh, keep the standing at least uh, long enough to win the fight. I was wrong. Blanchfield is the real deal. Yeah, and I would say this, too, and, and I wasn't sure she was going to have the better wrestling than Miranda Maverick, which, by the way, she did. She had the yes, much better wrestling. Very clearly. But uh, I, I did think that Maverick's uh, wanting to keep it on the feet would create openings for Blanchfield to initiate the grappling, which I thought was going to play badly in Miranda Maverick's favor. Um, and, man, did Blanchfield's grappling just look otherworldly. Um, like, she, she looked incredible in there with her jiu-jitsu both from a positioning standpoint, from a from a takedown standpoint, I mean, just like trips and and counters yep. and and everything and sweeps and you know passes, she passed Miranda Maverick's guard a bunch of times. Submission attempts were there, like yeah, she. I mean, at her age, doing something like that to somebody else who can grapple, man, I I really wish she had fought Macy Barber here because she would have just decimated her. <laughs> Hey, there's still time. Uh, do you have a name in mind for her next, or just? I think yeah. I think she should be fighting ranked opponents. Um, really? I, I don't. I don't think she needs to be fighting Macy Barber. Like she can go in and like if you want to get her a payday and more hype, like sure, let her go beat up Macy Barber next. But like Macy Barber's Macy Barber, ranked, I'm pretty sure anyway, though, Dan. So. Oh God, no way! Is she really? She's probably. Not She's not on my list. So, um, but like Macy Barber arguably got outgrappled nonstop by Miranda Maverick, right? And, and it was pretty clear. Miranda Maverick couldn't light, you know, like, couldn't hold a candle to Aaron Blanchfield. So it's it's pretty obvious to me that if this hit the mat, Barbara would be in the fight for about four seconds and it would be over. So I, I'd like to see Aaron Blanchfield against somebody else with like slightly 
elevated wrestling chops. Somebody like like Jessica I maybe would be a good matchup for her. Um, you know, like one of those Wiley veterans who I think she could both make her name off of and really test whether or not she can win like a gritty ass fight too. Because she, I mean, she went in there and beat Miranda Maverick, but was never kind of put in a bad position. Never kind of like forced to to push through failing on a takedown attempt. I mean, I think she hit every single one she tried. So yeah, put her in there with somebody who can wrestle like like uh, like Jessica I and. Heck, I think she beats just guy, so um, might as well build her up for the star she is going to be. Cynthia Calvillo, perhaps too. She's also right around that range. Yeah, although I will say, skid. I, yeah, I think Cynthia Calvillo has probably got to like fight like a real low level up and comer. Like unless they're looking to cut Cynthia Calvillo, yeah. I wouldn't book her with Aaron Blanchfield. Um, you know, like just guy. That's kind of where she's at in her career, right? Because yeah, she's older and like if she can't beat this up and comer like what even is she anymore like but Cynthia Calvillo is like I mean she's a little oh no I guess she's older too I just googled she's 34 did you know that yes remember we were, we were talking yeah we were talking about that when she fought how she's yeah, surprisingly yeah. old surprises me every time yeah yes. so, so maybe she doesn't need to shit or get off the pot too so maybe Aaron Blanchfield's in the cards for her as well Macy Barber's number 13th, by the way, in the official rankings. Oh, so that I, Dan, Dan finds a way to talk about her, though. I think he Terrible. secretly likes her. Terrible. I think Dan likes her. He's coming off a loss. He's <laughs> uh, true. Uh, featherweights. Do we need to talk about this fight at all? Ryan Hall defeated Derek Minner, as everyone predicted, right? Three rounds to nine. 30-27, because Minner was dumb and tried to grapple with him, which he did fine. He didn't get himself tapped out or anything, but he clearly lost the fight by grappling. He clearly was winning the fight when he was striking. Um, yeah. I, I'm. Here's the thing, though. I'm not sure. I mean, like, I think there were probably some more opportunities to, like, disengage with the grappling and get back to the feet. But I'm not sure necessarily that it was, like, a uh, plan that could have worked to just sustain and be like, no, I will not grapple with him. Um, yeah. Like Aaliyah Tapuria did, basically. Because, first of all, Ryan Hall wasn't doing that weird role. Right. thing where he's going to get punched in the head anymore, which is smart on his part. And then second of all, I think Derek Minner is just like more susceptible to being pulled in that than Ilya Tapuria. So I think it maybe not have been the most sustained game plan to just keep it standing, but a little bit more of it definitely would have helped instead of just like blindly engaging with a guy who's 7,000 times the grappler you are and then just yeah. playing defense for 15 minutes. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was a bad game plan. That I predicted. <laughs> and it was good to see that Hall's chin was not, uh, didn't seem to be affected from being knocked out last fight. He, he took some shots and seemed fine. Yeah, and I think I think people forget that Elia Tapuria has some crazy KO power. So while people, uh, and it was a fluky position in that one, while people yeah. are like, have questioned his chin lately, I, I think it's there. I think it's fine. This was a string of five straight picks that Dan got, right? Including Blanchfield was plus 112. So this is, this is where the hay was made. Um, for for Dan's big night, uh, he got the next one wrong though. We both did. Randy Costa, he was my lock pick, so I lost hundred bucks in my locks. So I'm, I'm down almost two hundred in my locks now. I'm at twenty and twelve for the locks. But uh, um, Tony Kelly looked like a world world beater against Randy Costa. Just kept the pace on him, relentless with punches and elbows. Um, and TK had him with elbows in the second round. Yeah, I'm not sure if he looked so much like a world beater as he did. Look Randy like, yeah, as, yeah, he looked so much like somebody who came in with the perfect game plan for Randy Costa. Um, you know, having seen Randy Costa run out of gas against Adrian Inez, he was like, well, let's see if he can do it again. Um, and he did. 
Um, so props to him for that. I will say his striking looked really sloppy in some points. Um, but like, yeah, like you come in with the perfect game plan against somebody, you certainly can beat them. But I, I'm not sold on Tony Kelly as a guy we should pay too, too much attention to at Bantamweight. I still think he gets hit too much. Um, and I think against somebody who has a little bit better of a gas tank and can match that pace, it's going to be trouble for him. He had time to prepare his game plan because he drove to the event because he doesn't want to wear a mask on planes because he's not a sheep like the rest of us, Dan. Yeah, I did I did hear that. They might have yep. brought it up once or twice on the broadcast. That's that's MMA for you. Um and then the opening curtain jerker we got right, uh Julian Robertson minus three seventy five. Uh submitted Priscilla Cacherera, a second left in the first round. Cacherera was eye gouging there trying to um get out of the submission. Um and got submitted regardless. She tapped it with a second left. So take that, uh, dirty cheater, and Robertson, the Canadian, came through. Yeah, I, I don't uh, call for people to be fired too often. You usually hear me actually doing the opposite here when Jeff suggests yeah. it. But uh, I <laughs> – Oh, dear. You, you usually do suggest, like, is it time to fire – it's true. Eric Anders. Yeah, boy. No, I was like, no, he's pretty good. He just fought a better guy that night, and he – He's lost a couple in a row. It'll be fine. Is it time to fire Randy Costin? <laughs> um, but uh, this time, I will say it's time to fire Priscilla Cachoeira. She was on a two-fight winning streak, and I couldn't care less. You do that kind of shit, you, you don't belong in the UFC. You don't belong in any, any park corner MMA, for that matter. I put that right along the same level of, and maybe even worse, than uh, Husamal Pajaris. Um, like, you, you want to do that kind of, like, blatant, rampant, um, possible damage to somebody – in in a way that, like, wouldn't have even saved her in the fight. It was just, like, spiteful, vindictive, trying to permanently injure somebody. She doesn't belong in MMA. Yep. Hopefully that's what happens. We shall see. So uh, Dan went 9-5 last night, made 175 bucks. I went 7-7, seven seven, very mediocre, down 244. So on the year, I'm at 59%. Dan's at 55%. I'm a full 20 correct picks ahead of him. So I got that in the bag at least but the money lead i'm at i'm down 20 of course we're down money i'm betting in every fight just uh we're bragging like we're good at this but no we're, we're down money if you bet 100 bucks in every fight then you're gonna be down money uh, i'm down 2700 dan's down 3000 so it's a little over i'm rounding rounding numbers here it's a little over 300 difference which is very gainable possibly dan I better, if, you use uh, my, if you use my contender series picks, I'm way up. Way Because <laughs> I didn't make any picks there. He's way ahead. All right. Um, we didn't mention uh, Charles Oliveira possibly cheating, grabbing the glove, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. I didn't really notice a glove grab, but um, Herb Dean is the ref of the year. So if there was a glove grab, he would have noticed it, right? He would have he caught it. He would have caught it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he would have stopped it. <laughs> All right, um, we've got picks for you. We're going to give you some picks for uh, this coming weekend's KSW. But first, uh, I'll remind you once again, prize picks. Dan gave you some picks earlier on. Take his advice. Uh, head over to prizepicks.com. You can sign up today. Get the 100% deposit bonus by using our promo code SGP. And make sure you download our app, the SGPN app. We're now live in the App Store and Google Play. Give you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And if you give us a lovely review that would help us greatly all right ksw is coming up do you know what ksw stands for dan <laughs> yeah it's a whole bunch of polish words it uh, is you know it, what you it, tell me? But, no it's it, i think it roughly tri- so the k stands for conflict or or confrontation like the, the, 
Yeah, which co- confrontation, so conflict. Yes. Um, so it loosely translates to the word conflict. Um, and then I don't know the words that S and W stand for. I'm I'm half Polish, but uh, don't have the slightest clue. Oh, that's <laughs> right. You told me you're Polish. Zduk Walki, martial arts confrontation for us. Oh, martial speakers. arts confrontation. Yes, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a way less fun sounding organization. It is. It is. So we've got KS. W65 coming up. Um, Halidov versus Soldic or Soldic. It's Soldic. Yeah. Roberto Soldic. Yeah. Dan's uh, Eastern European, so he knows how to say all these guys' names. So this is coming up on the 18th, which is what, Saturday? Yes, Saturday. Um, I'm just going to try to get you start times and all that stuff. We'll go to lovely Tapology because uh, they always have all the info you need. So much better than Sure Dog, right, Dan? Way better. <laughs> Way better. All right. They're starting is, at, at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Right. 10 a.m. Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. How do you watch it around here, Dan? You have to um, go to Nefarious Means? No, I'm pretty sure you can go to KSW's website. I think they sell oh, okay. all of them on pay-per-view for like 20 bucks. If I'm remembering right, it's been a while since I've got a KSW event. But like they, they usually have some pretty good broadcasting means. You do have to like pay a little bit for it. But this uh this fight card is probably worth paying for. There there's a lot of fun ones on it. Yeah, for people who aren't up on KSW, it's I'd say close to Bellator equivalent probably, uh, at least for their big cards. I would say in terms of like pure skill, um top to bottom KSW is way better. Um the very tippity top of Bellator is probably a little bit better than KSW, but KSW is more like the UFC in that they have like, like a level that you can, you can say that just about every fighter on the card is at, they have like a threshold that you need to get to in order to be on the card. Whereas like in a lot of Bellator cards, like you can assume you're going to see like a couple of like one in three guys, you're going to see an 0 in four guy fight. Um, and occasionally you'll see like a couple of dudes who are only like two and zero in in KSW, but they're like decent prospects. They're both two and zero, and like it's like only one or two fights at the very bottom of the card. Whereas like Bellator has like an entire prelims of like uh, crazy old journeyman who's like thirteen yeah. and eighty, uh, um, fighting you know an up and comer who's two and zero. And they uh, make quite a spectacle of these broadcasts too. They, they probably do a better job than oh, yes. Bellator in that in, in that, they do in a, that way. They do, a better, more they, they do a better job than the UFC in terms of making yeah. it a spectacle, like crazy walk. If you were a fan of Pride back in the day for like you know real old school UFC fans, you would really like KSW if you haven't given it a shot yet. And we're going to give you a reason uh, as I drift away from the mic. We're going to give you a reason to uh, give it a shot because Dan's got some picks for this coming weekend's event. Um, we'd like to sprinkle some of these picks in so we don't just give you guys recaps of how amazing we are at picking fights well, or how unamazing we are. All right, so uh, Dan's picked the top three fights for you, uh, two featherweights and a middleweight, middleweight fight. Let's start with the featherweight, uh, the non-title fight that he picked for you. Uh, UFC cast-off Damien Stasiak versus Lom Ali Eskiju, who I've seen his last name different other than Eskiju also. I don't know. what Do you know the, what the deal is with that or not? I don't. I've, I think I've only ever seen it that way, but it, he, he he is Russian, too, um, originally, okay. so it it could be partially due to, like, a translation from the right. like alphabet to the – which is why we see Alexei Oldman expelled 12 different ways, because um, it's yes. just that there's no, like, clear guide to go from 
from Cyrillic to uh, Arabic alphabet. There you go. Dan's so smart, everybody. All right, so this is, uh, like I said, featherweight fight, three rounds. Um, here is the breakdown. Stasiak's nickname is Webster. Do you know why is his nickname Webster? I don't. I don't, I don't. It's funny, though. <laughs> it's, and, it's really funny. <laughs> and SQG's nickname is Leon, which is just as funny <laughs> for, for no apparent reason. So there you go. We got Leon versus Webster. All right. Is it because he looks like Leon the Professional? Does Maybe. he look a, does know. he look a little bit like Leon the Professional? Do you know who I'm, do you know what I'm talking about? I know the name, but um the the movie Leon the Professional with uh yeah, with, with um Nat, the young Natalie Portman. I'm looking up if he looks like him. <laughs> I don't think he does. Maybe I'm wrong. Nah, maybe, not really. Yeah, uh, kind of, he does kind of. Maybe that's it. Just <laughs> kind of. All right, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Let's let's pick um, a winner for you here. Well, Dan will at least. Let's do Stasiak first. Thirteen and seven with a knockout and ten submissions. He's two and one in the KSW. He's won three of his last four fights. Uh, he's won two straight. Um, what can I tell? He was in the UFC for a spell. He went two and four in the UFC. He used to fight at bantamweight. He used to fight at lightweight. This is right in the middle. He's got an inch of height on Eskiju and an inch of reach. He's at plus one fifty. That's for Leon. Leon's 18-5 with one no contest. He's got eight knockouts and three submissions. He's been subbed himself three times, though, so that could be a red flag right there. Uh, he's going up against the submission dude. Uh, he's one known KSW. He was the GMC champ, the RNC champ, and the Super FC champ. He's fans of all those. Oh, Superior FC champ, excuse me. Dan's fans of all those, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course he is. Uh, he's two years younger than Stasiak, minus 200. So what do you like here? I like Stasiak um, for pretty much all the reasons you outlined. Um, Eskiju uh, has really good boxing, crazy good power. He does have pretty good defensive wrestling, but, you know, like you said, part of the problem is, is most of his losses are via um, giving up really crappy takedowns and winding up on his back and getting submitted. Um, and Stasiak just happens to be really good at that. I think uh, Eskiju ultimately is, like, a better prospecty type guy um, for KSW, but Stasiak... I think is enough of a good stylistic matchup for him, and at dog money, I, I like him here. There you go. Uh, he's on a nice little roll, too, ever since he uh, left the UFC. All right, moving on to our first title fight. It's the rematch. KSW Featherweight Championship. Current champ Daniel Torres, who won the belt off of Salhadin Parnasse. Um, I believe is how you say that. Um, let's tell you about the champ first. Tucano. Is his nickname Toucan? He's twelve and four with one no contest. He's got six knockouts, one submission. He's four and one KSW. He's won four straight fights, including his last fight. He won via knockout, which was for the belt, and which was against the man he's fighting now, Parnasse. Uh, he's got two inches of height over the challenger. He's at plus two thirty. So we got a champion underdog here who already beat his his foe. Maybe Dan can break that down and explain that to us. Uh, Parnasse, fifteen one and one, two knockouts, five submissions. Six and one in KSW. He won his last fight via submission. He used to be the champ, as I said. He's three years younger than Torres. Two inches of reach, minus thir- three, three, three. So what's up with the line here, Dan? The uh, champ the, already beat the challenger. Yeah, I, I think most people are seeing this as what I believe it to be too. Is is just a lucky punch or a lucky yeah elbow in this case? Um, you know, like Torres uh, went into that first fight a negative eight ten underdog or a uh, Parnas written. On the other hand, rather, when it is a yep. negative 810 favorite, um, Torres was getting about plus 650 on the turnaround. 
Um, and, and like, so the, the odds are closer because he did land that lucky blow, you know, not to say that a blow is lucky, like he, he landed it. Um, so I think a lot of people saw that the first time and they're like, okay, well you could do it again, but the odds of him doing it again are pretty low because Parnese is a more complete martial artist is the real deal here. Um, and, and I am going to take him here at negative 330. And I actually don't even think that number is all that inflated and not a bad play. Um, especially if you were going to hashtag throw it in a parlay oh, or something go. else. Um, I definitely uh, like Parnas here. Now, you said the real deal made me think of something. You don't see a lot of KSW guys go to the UFC. You see a few. We've, we've talked about former champs um, before. Do you think it's because they pay enough that guys aren't willing to leave or what's the deal there? Do you have any insight on that? Yeah. Yeah. I've actually talked to the owner of KSW before Robert Lewandowski, um, who's a really nice guy. Um, part of it is because in Poland, they don't see themselves as a number two or a number three organization. Like right. Polish fans don't really follow the UFC. Um, Polish fans of MMA watch KSW. Um, and, Cause it's easier to find. It's easier to watch. It's on better times of the day. It's just like catered to the Polish fans. So it, it is like it's a number one organization in that country, um, which is, is weird, right? Because like even – I mean like even you as a Canadian who watches Canadian football or doesn't watch Canadian football in this case. No. But even people who watch <laughs> Canadian football, if you're a big fan of the CFL, you probably also watch the NFL. And nobody says that the other way. Um, yeah. And in, in this case, it is truly one of those ones where like – yeah, a lot of UFC fans probably don't watch KSW, and there probably aren't any KSW fans who really watch much UFC either. So I think he has the ability to be a star here, get paid really well, um, and, and that's why you don't see a lot of guys crossover. I mean, you, we've seen a couple, um, but they, they pay really well. The, the you know show, like you said before, the production is crazy. It's really fun to watch. It's probably really fun to be a part of. So, yeah, uh, KSW does a good job of retaining their talent. Yeah, that's something I forgot to mention too off the bat. They get huge crowds too, do they not? Yeah, they. I think they had for the Coliseum event, which was I can't remember exactly what KSW was. I think they had sixty three thousand in attendance. Um, <laughs> which is is it's, that's an insane MMA fight. Um, I'd have to yeah. pull up the exact one, but like, yeah, that's that is absolutely nuts. Sixty three thousand people at one fight. There you go. Uh, um, the main event this week. This weekend, excuse me. Uh, it's for the middleweight championship. It's a champ versus champ fight, which people always seem to clamor for. Middleweight champ Mamed Haladov versus welterweight champ Roberto Sodich. Um, yeah, like I said, champ versus champ, and we have the a, um, a defending champ coming in as an underdog once again uh, in this fight. Um, Halidov's nickname's Cannibal. He's 35-7-2 with 15 knockouts, 16 submissions. He's been subbed three times himself. He's 23-2 in the US, uh, in the KSW, so 20 wins, three losses, two draws. Uh, he's only won one of his last four fights, however. Uh, he's been fighting in a lot of champ versus champ and super fight type things and losing them. Um, he did win his last fight via knockout, uh, which won him back the 185-pound Championship, that was back in October of 2020. He, like I said, uh, he won it back because he was the former champ at middleweight. He also was the former champ at light heavyweight. Made his debut way back in 2004. Uh, He's got an inch of height over Solich, three inches of reach. You would think it would be more with the weight class difference, but no, he's not a a huge 
not going to have a huge uh, physical advantage, at least lengthwise, over the challenger. He's at plus 163. So, like I said, the champ is coming in as the underdog in both of these fights. All right, the welterweight champ is Robocop, not the UFC's Robocop, KSW Robocop. 16, uh, sorry, 19 and 3. 16 knockouts, one submission, 7 1 to KSW. Uh, he's been uh, welterweight champ twice. This is his second reign. He's won six straight fights and 13 of 14 fights. Uh, he fought his last fight at middleweight, getting ready for this one, and where, uh, which he won. Uh, he's the SMMAC champ, or was SMMAC champ, the final fight champ, and also the superior FC champ. He was a pro boxer. He's 4-0. and He's 15 years younger than Haladov, minus 225. Is this line correct, first of all? I, it's weird. So I, I would say I like Soldic to win this fight. I think uh, both combination of his youth, his speed, his boxing, and the fact that he's got a judo background, I think really plays well against Kalidov. Because um, Kalidov is a guy who, like Scott Askham, kind of like grinded him out into a fight because he is like a flashier striker. But I would say the line really bothers me. Um, if, if I were, if, if I was giving advice on whether or not to bet this fight, I'd kind of say underdog or pass because I don't like how high of a favorite Soldic is. I think if you could get Soldic down in like the 160 range, I'd probably feel a lot better about him. Um, but up at like negative 220s, 230s, which is where I've been seeing him, I, I think it's just way too high. So if, if you do like Kaladov striking, I think that that's worth it. But ultimately, I think Soldic's you know, grappling and boxing is probably going to be too much for him, but it, it's way closer of a fight than those odds would suggest. So, uh, like I said, in in these fights, we're not mandated to put $100 on each. So I would say uh, bet the dog or pass on this one. But your pick to win outright would be Soldich? So It would be Soldich, yes. Okay, there you go. So Dan's hedged his bet, and he's uh, this way you can say you were correct no matter um, who wins, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I know I do that on the, like, contender series <laughs> type fights. But, like, this one, I mean, this one I was like, oh, I kind of like Soldits in that fight. I wonder if it's, like, even money because that's kind of what I assumed it would be at. And I would be like, man, Soldich at even money would be an awesome bet. And then I looked and I was like, oh, he's a freaking massive favorite. Oh, cool. Like, I'm not even remotely interested in betting this fight anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I looked up uh, the event. If you do want to buy it off of KSW. TV, $10 US, so even cheaper than Dan said. So why the heck not? With all the money you've won, why not? Um, you've won thanks to us. You can buy this event if, if you want to bet on it. So, um, and you'll make that much money off that of Dave and Zaziak too. So, you know. Exactly. And also I should mention, if you like uh, accents, then uh, like accents over over names, various accents, and you, uh, you're you going to love looking at the KSW fight cards because everybody's got some <laughs> interesting accent over their letters. Or it's uh, a lot of – All different shapes see, in, too. Yes. No umlauts, unfortunately. No Motley Crue umlauts, but it's still um, – You get the one that looks like a U, the one that points yeah, forward, yeah. the one that points backwards. You got the one that looks like yeah. a V. Like, yeah, there's a lot of fun accents. <laughs> you got it all. Well, this was a fun episode, but let's let's put it to bed. You people have gotten enough free content for one episode. We gave you winning picks, so uh, you follow us on Twitter. I'm getting tantalizingly close to a thousand followers, which would make me feel so so um, important if I got there. I'm very close. So if you haven't followed me yet, just follow me and follow me with all your fake accounts, your bot accounts, and everything else too. I don't care if you're real or not. Uh, Jeff Fox, writer, um, and if you're following Dan, you can unfollow him. He's Gumby Reeland because he's he has enough. We don't need to swell his head any any further. Um, and read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com and mma-manifesto.com. And what else? Subscribe to our 
this feed. If you're not listening to us on the MMA Gambling Podcast feed, if you can go out and find that feed, subscribe to it, you will get us in your ear holes earlier, uh, at least a day earlier than we get out on the SGPN feed, which could be the difference between a lot of money for you because lines sometimes change very quickly um, from when we drop an episode. So make sure you do that. I think that's all I really have to tell you. Um, Dan's going to take us home because I like it because it's always like a tightrope act with him. You never know if he's going to screw up or if he's going to make it to the other side. So let's see. <laughs> I'm David Gibby and he's Juicy Jeff Fox. And we'll catch you on Wednesday. Bye.